Welcome to the Rock of Ages Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Duke Backus. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit rockofagesaog.org. Sometimes seasons are challenging and difficult, amen? And other times we go through seasons that are joyous, that are abundant, but one thing is constant, amen? And one thing is consistent, and that is that the Lord never changes, amen? He is the same yesterday, he is the same today, and, and, and he is the same, what, forever. He is the same yesterday, he is the same today, and he is the same forever, amen. And so tell somebody next to you tonight, just say, seasons change, but God doesn't. Remind them tonight, nudge them, t- tell them as many times as you want. Say, seasons change, but God doesn't, Amen. I want to open up this message. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 19. And I was actually hearing a a message this morning, and it just reminded me of this passage of Scripture. And I'm going to kind of use that as as a little bit of a launching pad for for the Word tonight. And so if you have your Bibles, open up to 1 Kings chapter 19. And here we find uh, the story of the prophet Elijah. And the prophet Elijah, had at this point in time, he is running for his life. And he's literally, you know, there's been an order that had been set out from, from King Ahab and from Jezebel. And they were literally out and they were killing all the prophets by sword. They were, they were trying to just destroy, you know, the word of God and the voice of the Lord in that day and in that time. And so we find out that, you know, in this passage that we're about to read, we find out that many people had been killed because of the king's orders. And they had been, you know, killed because, you know, this king and queen, they worshipped Baal. That is, they didn't worship the one true God, amen. They worshiped a foreign God. And so there was this driving force that was behind all of this to kill the word, to destroy the word. How many of you know that we are living in a season where there's, there's a, another God and there's demonic forces and there's demonic principalities that are attacking the word of God, amen? Doing everything in their power to destroy the word of the Lord, to destroy what is righteous and true and godly, amen? And so we see that there's been an attack that's launched against people, against ministers, against Christians and believers from speaking and sharing the word of God, amen? And so something that's interesting in these verses that we're about to see is how the Lord provides. The Lord is a good provider, amen? I said he's a good provider, And I want us to see something here because the Lord provides and the Lord sustains and the Lord really shows, you know, just how he's able to bring comfort in in the most challenging of seasons. Amen. And so we see, you know, that he's about to show this in the life of Elijah after he was stricken with threats, fear, worry, and faithlessness. So let's read 1 Kings 19 verse 5. It says, all at once an angel touched him and he said, get up and eat. And he looked around, and there by his head was some bread that was baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate, and he drank, and then he laid down again. And it says, and the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up, and he ate and drank, and he was strengthened by that food. And he traveled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Let's pray for the word tonight. Lord, we're so thankful to be in your house. Thankful, Jesus, for each and every person that's here tonight, Father. 
I pray, Lord, that the word would just be a rhema word for us tonight, Jesus, and that, Lord, it would speak, Father, to the deepest places of our heart and our lives, Jesus. You would transform us, Lord, as, as your word is able to do, Father. Your word is alive and active, Father God. And so, Jesus, we just receive what you have for us tonight. Holy Spirit, minister through me, your vessel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to just go back in that verse and just look at it just for a second. Elijah here is, is found himself, he's, he's wandering and he's afraid and he's fearful for his life and he's literally like running. And I don't know about you, but you know, circumstances tend to make you want to run. Challenges in life tend to make you want to hide. And those things that sometimes, you know, happen in our life, you know, whether it be, you know, threats, whether it be accusation, whether it be shame, whether it be, you know, different things that we go through in life, they tend to make us want to go from God. But how many of you know that the Lord is able to meet us right where we are? Amen. The Lord is able to meet us in that place where we are. We could be scared. We could be, you know, fearful. We could be worried. And, and the scripture says that the angel of the Lord touched him and he said, get up and eat for this journey is too much for you. So he got up and he ate and he drank and he was strengthened by that food. And it says, and he traveled for 40 days and for 40 nights. You see, when the Lord gives you a word, when the Lord provides, the Lord gives you something that's able to sustain you for the season that you're about to enter. That's a good time to say amen. The Lord is able to give you what is necessary for you to hold on to as a promise in order to get you to that desired destination that he wants you to arrive at. Let's look at Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Now let's keep reading. Matthew chapter 4. That's the end of Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Let's keep on going. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we see in the, in the life of Elijah that the Lord actually provided food. And that food supernaturally sustained him for the next 40 days that he was living in. We see in the life of Jesus right here in Matthew chapter 3, the last words that Jesus heard over his life is, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And the next thing we see is that the Spirit of God leads him for 40 days into the desert to be tempted and tested by the devil. Many times, church, we see, you know, in life, we see that the difficulty of seasons we faced are revealed by the strength of his last word spoken to us. We see in those challenging times the difficulty that you're about to experience or walk through. We see the strength of the word given to the man of God. We see the strength of the word given to women of God and men of God and believers in God because they're about to go through a season where they will hold on to that word and it will be their food. 
Jesus speaks and he said, man should not live by bread alone. But by every word that comes from the voice and the mouth of God. It is the mouth of God. It is the voice of God. And it is the words of God that sustain your life in every season. Amen. It's not just simply coming to a church service. It's not just simply waking up and, you know, scrolling through, you know, your social media and seeing some Bible verse or inspirational quote. But you have to get the bread directly from the mouth of God. You have to get what it is that God has for your life and you have to receive it from that place, from the mouth of God. Because Jesus said this in John 6, he said, my words are spirit and they are life. The word of God is able to create, amen? The words of God are able to, to tear down stronghold. The word of God is, is the strongest thing that you will ever see in this life. Did you know that it is the very word of God, church, that even when heaven and earth pass away, because there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, the Bible says that the word of God will remain forever. It will stand the test of time. And it doesn't matter who comes against it to attack it, to shut it up, to tear it down, to redefine it. None of those things matter because the word of God is final because Jesus said it is final. Amen. So we see that Christ has been led by the Spirit of God into the desert. You might say, well, Pastor Duke, you know, that doesn't sound like a very inviting situation. Do you know that God leads you? We, we, we remember scriptures like, you know, he leads us in triumphal procession. Right? We, he leads us to victory. But oftentimes we forget that he also leads us into battle. He also leads us into tests. He also leads us into the wilderness. The wilderness is, is often described like this. It's described as a time where it seems as though the voice of God is not heard. How many of you have ever been in a wilderness season? You say, oh, Pastor Duke, you know, I've been there and I've done that. There's been times where it seems like you're in the wilderness because it seems as though God's voice is far away. But here's the deal, church. That it's not that the voice of God is far away. It's not that the word of God is far away. It's the Lord is leading you to a place of trust where you will trust the last thing that he said. The word that he has placed in your life, whether it be some prophetic promise or it be just, you know, something that you're believing, you're hanging on to, that will be fulfilled, church, in due time. Amen? Galatians 6, 9, a, a, just a, a favorite verse of mine, it says, Do not get weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. That means that the Lord's word that he has spoken over your life, it has the ability to perform itself. And in due time, you will reap what God has said, spoken and concerning your life. But a lot of times, we don't think that God is the one that leads us into the desert. A lot of times, we think, you know, oh, it couldn't have been God that has led me to this desert. It couldn't have been God that is, you know, making me go through all this hard time. And there's times where we, we get frustrated. We get worried. We feel like God's abandoned us. We start examining ourselves. Am I, am I living in sin? Am I doing something I'm not supposed to? Is God angry at me? What is it? And God is just simply leading you into a season to reveal your life, to show you what's in yourself. To show you what you're actually made out of. And sometimes we want to blame the devil. 
Sometimes we want to blame people because we're still stuck in the same position or in the same season of life. Say, oh, this hasn't passed yet. I'm still here. I'm still waiting on the promise. Abraham and Sarah waited a while, didn't they? (laughs) Forty years they waited. They waited a long time to receive and to see the promise of God fulfilled in their life. But they still saw the promise. I want to encourage your heart and let you know, church, to not get weary in the seasons where God leads you into a desert. Don't get weary. Don't get frustrated. Don't get, you know, over emotional. Don't, you know, lose sight of what it is that he's spoken concerning your life. Because the Lord is able to lead us from glory to glory. Amen. He is able to take us through seasons of life that it may not seem like he's there, but you know what? He's more present than he has ever been. I'm so, you know, in awe of the word because everything that we've ever needed to know as as believers has been spoken by God. The desert times often feel like God is the furthest from us when the truth of the matter is that he's actually very near. You see, when you're brokenhearted, when, you're, when your heart is heavy, when you're anxious, when you're worried, the Bible says that, that he is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. You see, he's not far away. Amen? In fact, he's, he's more close than he's ever been. And the scripture tells this church that it was the Lord who led Jesus to the desert. Now, what's interesting is, did you know that when Christ said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by, you know, every word that comes from the mouth of God, he was actually quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8. Now, Deuteronomy wasn't even like a book at that time, but he was, he was quoting the scripture from the prophets of old. And so we find it in Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I believe that as we read this passage of scripture, this is where we're going to kind of just camp out tonight, and the Lord has so much to say to us just from here. So Deuteronomy 8 and verse 1, it says, be careful to follow every command that I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and you may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. He says, remember how the Lord God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years? to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart. It says, whether or not you would keep his commands. It says, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And so there's several things that we need to take note of here tonight. Number one is this. The neglect effect. What is the neglect effect? In the beginning of the passage, it says, be careful to follow every command. How many of you know when the Lord begins, you know, a a passage of scripture, when the Lord begins starting off by saying, be careful to follow everything that I've commanded. Be careful to listen. Be careful to, to take heed, to take heart into your life. It's because it's pretty important. God is not telling you to be careful to follow something if he was careless about giving it to you. God is not just in some way, you know, saying, you know what, it's fine, you know, it's optional. 
Did you know that the word is not optional? I need to hear another amen. Do you know that the word is not optional? It is not optional. You either believe it, you've either given yourself fully to it, and you either trust fully in what God has said, or you don't believe it at all. Because it's not something that you can just dip into and say, you know what, I want a little bit of the blessings, and I want a little bit of the grace. Yeah, I need the grace. Oh, I want a lot of that mercy stuff. Yeah, I really need that one. Oh, prosperity, that's a good one too. I'll take that. It's not optional that we can pick and choose what we want to receive from it. We must receive it all. Amen? So we see the neglect effect in action here. He said, be careful to follow every command. Every single one. Why? What does he say? So that you may live, you may increase, you may enter, and you may possess what God has promised to your ancestors. That means that you may take hold of the promises that God has made for your life and concerning your life. How many of you have ever gotten frustrated because you haven't received yet what the promise God has made over your life? Has that frustrated anybody or is it just me? Maybe I'm just preaching to myself tonight. Amen. (laughs) All right, I'll just face this way. (laughs) But there's times where you get frustrated because you, you, you've heard the Lord and you've heard him clear. You know what he said concerning your life. You know what he said concerning, you know, your future, your, your destiny, just, you know, everything that he wants to do in your life. And you find yourself stuck in this same season over and over and over and over again. But there was a promise that was given and there was a promise that you might increase, that you might live, that you might enter, that you might possess what God has spoken over your life and over your ancestors and over your family. Did you know, church, that we rarely speak of generational blessings? Hmm. We always speak of generational curses. We always speak of the thing that's hung around generation after generation and time after time, that thing that's hung around in our life, those vices, those addictions, those things that, you know, the same thing that killed your mom and your dad is going to kill you too. The same thing that has destroyed the lives of many in your family is destroying the lives of people in your family still. And we see that there's a curse that's upon our life. But we rarely talk about generational blessings because we've never been able to walk in the victory that Jesus has given us to destroy the curse. We get stuck in seasons. We get stuck in this place and we see that this thing just hangs over our life and it's like just the way that it went for your mom and your dad, just the way that it went for you, you're walking the same path. What happened to believing the promises of God concerning our life and actually entering into them? What happened in our heart and in our life? You know, what happened? Have we done exactly what the ancestors did? Have we neglected what God has said concerning our life? Have we neglected the commands? Because guess what? If they neglected the the commands, then guess what? There was no life. There was death. There was no gain. There was lack. There was no entering into that promise of God for them. They stayed at the shore. They stayed, you know, at the the river's edge. They were never able to possess what it was that God had for their life. They were never able to receive it to themselves. Where do you find yourself? Where do you find yourself? Here's the deal. Curses are sustained through disobedience. 
If you want a stronghold to remain in your life, disobey God. It's pretty easy. If you want this thing to remain in your life, disobey God. You're like, you know, if somebody just turned on the message right now and they're hearing me preach that and they have no context for what I just said, they're probably like, what is this guy saying? But if you want to remain under a curse, disobey God. But if you want to see the blessings of God, if you want to see the victory, if you want to see what the Lord has for you, how does it come? Through obedience. Through taking heed every command that he has given us. Make no mistake that when you neglect what God has spoken over your life, you will not see life. You will not see increase. You will not see abundance or possession of the blessings of God. Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 26 says this. He says, see, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, and the curse, if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God, and you turn from the way that I command you today by following other gods which you have not known. See, if your heart is truly set on the Lord and you recall what the Lord has spoken over your life and what he has commanded you, then you will see the promises of God fulfilled in your life. You will see the Lord do everything that he has said concerning your life. But sometimes the seasons don't shift because we've been disobedient. Many of you know this, but it's just, you know, it's kind of rhetoric in the church. But, you know, the Israelites actually had about a two and a half, three week journey to get from Egypt all the way across the Jordan River. Geographically, you know, the mileage was just, you know, a three week journey. And it took them 40 years. 40 years. I'm 40 years old. My entire life, these people were in the desert. And on Sunday, I'm turning 41. And the curse will be broken. <laughs> Amen. I'm entering into the promised land. Amen. But here's the deal. We see that what was so short, what could have been so quick in their life for them to attain and receive and step into, it took so long because they didn't listen. They didn't listen. They were flat out disobedient. They grumbled against God. They complained against everything that the Lord had for their life. Job 23 and verse 12 says this. Job said, I have not departed from the commands of his lips. And I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. You see, when you read the word of God, is it, can you say what Job is saying? Can you say it like that? Do you, do you mean it that way? I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. He's literally saying what God has said. It, it's, it's more to me than, than what I want to fill my stomach with than what I crave, than what my appetite is for, what God has said, what the Lord is speaking, the, the words of comfort, the words of direction and guidance, everything the Lord is speaking concerning my life, that is more to me than just eating. That is more to me. The second thing that we see in this passage of Scripture is this, is the test of God reveals where your heart finds rest. The test reveals where your heart 
finds rest. Deuteronomy 8 and 2, let's read that again. He says, remember how the Lord God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. You see, when seasons of life shift, church, when things change in our life, we often panic, we often worry, we often get stricken with fear. And when God is simply wanting to see where you will place your faith. You get a bad doctor's report. You get, you know, some bill that came in that you weren't expecting. You get something in life that shakes you, it rattles you. And all of a sudden, it truly reveals where your heart has been. You see a bill with an amount that's more than you've got in your bank account. And all of a sudden, you worry. You freak out. You say, there's no way. How am I going to handle this? And all of a sudden, what happened in that simple moment? You see where your heart was. You didn't say, I have a God that has a cattle of a thousand hills. You said, I don't have enough. I'm the one that's lacking. How am I going to do this? And what does it reveal? It reveals that your, your heart and your trust was in the money. It was in what you had to take hold of. You get that doctor's report. You say, you know what? You know, they said that I have this. They said that this is over my life. They said that this is this coming, you know, to attack my body. And, and, we, and we often just, we just fear and we shrink back and we worry and we, we panic. We say, what am I going to do? Instead of he who is for me is not against me. And greater is he who lives in me than he who lives in the world. And what does it reveal? Where your heart is. I'll never forget in 2011, it was an interesting season for my wife and I. A season of great joy, a season of ups and downs and all kinds of stuff. And, and I'll never forget, you know, we, the day we found out that she was, you know, uh, pregnant with Layla. And, and it was just a promise that we had been holding on to for a few years and it was so awesome, you know, to, to just, it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, the, the promise is here. You know, that which we've been praying for, it's, it's, it's going to come to pass. And then, like, two months later, you know, after we get this promise, like, I start getting, like, really sick. And it was the weirdest thing ever, but it was just this ongoing, like, I had this cough and, and, and I had this, like, you know, thing that was happening in my chest. And for those of you that, you know, don't know this, but, you know, I have trouble breathing. I have asthma, and, and I've always had a difficult time breathing. So when something begins to happen, you know, wrong with my lungs, it's very concerning. So, you know, I had gone, and I was preaching, and this was, like, in May of 2011 and, and June. And as, as time keeps passing, you know, I'm going to the doctor. I'm getting checked out, and they see this spot on my lung, and they see that this spot is just growing, and it's growing, and it's growing. And every time I go back to the doctor, this thing is just spreading in my chest. And I'm looking at my wife, who's... <laughs> getting bigger by the month, and she's expecting this promise, and I'm going like, the doctor literally described it to me. He said, it's like a cancer. It's like a lung cancer that you have. And I remember hearing those words and just being like a shock. Like, I'll never forget, he called me right before my brother came into town in the summer, and, and, and I'm literally talking to the doctor, and I'm watching my brother come down the escalator at the airport because I went to pick him up, and I get these words, and this doctor is telling me that I have lung cancer. And then I hang up the phone, and he's like, oh, yeah, but we'll run some more tests later. You know, I'm just like, my brother gets there, and I, I you just remember, you know, I was just like 
almost in shock, but I would just remember just kind of carrying on, you know, not, not, not making a big scene about it or, or whatever, but inside my heart, I was worried. Inside my heart, I was scared. And then it progressed and it progressed and it progressed until the point of, of the week right before my birthday. This, this very week in 2011, I was hospitalized. I had 103 fever. Doctors don't know what's going on with me. They quarantined me before quarantine was even a thing. I'm serious. They would not allow anybody in my room. The doctors were coming into my hospital room in like full-on like radioactive spacesuits. They had no idea what was going on in my life. But all I knew is that I trusted God. Scariest time in my life. I had no idea what was happening to my body. I had no idea what was going on in my life. But I had a word from God. It says that by his stripes we are healed. You see, it doesn't matter what you face. It matters what you listen to. And it matters how close you hold on to God. How much your heart clings to him. You see, during that whole time, during that whole season, I didn't know what was going on. All I knew was that I served a God that I believe is directing and leading my life. I serve a God that I know that, is, that, is, that his blood has washed over my life and that he's transformed and he has changed my life. And I trusted and I continued to trust, but the Lord wants to see where you will place your faith. Amen? When we have money, God is good, but when we don't, is God still good? You see, when we, you know, have extra, God is so faithful, but when you're living check to check, is he still a God of abundance? Hmm. Is he still a God of abundance in your life? You see, I believe it's important that we remember who's leading us. Amen? I remember growing up as a kid in Idaho, you know, uh, I always like to talk about Idaho because it's beautiful. And it's so awesome. And if you ever get a chance to go, just go. It's gorgeous. I know Tony's been there. And, you know, I know some of you have, have been up there. But it's so, oh, yeah, Rachel as well, they've been up there. And Idaho's a gorgeous place, and my dad used to take us up to the mountains, and he used to drive his truck, and my dad was kind of sketchy, you know, I, I love my dad, you know, but I could say that about him, you know, he's kind of sketchy, you know, he took us, you know, we were like hanging off cliffs at times, you know, and, you know, by the grace of God, I'm still here, <laughs> but I'm, I'll never forget one time, he was just driving, like, he would just like randomly, like, pick a mountain, you know, and, and we had trucks that were all like, you know, we used to have this Jeep Wagoneer, and this Jeep Wagoneer, you know, it wasn't the most reliable vehicle in the world. I don't know, for you, those of you that like Jeep or whatever, that's not a brand for me because my dad owned a couple of them, and they all broke down. But anyways, we're going up this mountain, and I'll never forget, like, we're like this. Like, you know, when you're looking at heaven, you're probably too high, you know. And we're just driving up this mountain, and I remember my brother is just panicking. Patty, dad, dad, come on, dad, oh, no, no. And my dad's just like super chill, just, you know, the truck's shutting off, and we're still, you know, we're just going for it. And I'll never forget, my brother would panic, and my brother would panic, and he would panic, and my dad would just be like, it's okay, I got it, I'm, I'm good. And he was like super calm, super relaxed, you know, and, and, and it was just interesting because, you know, it, I, I would be nervous but I wouldn't be that nervous because I trusted my dad. I trusted my dad. I was like, man, he, he's almost driven us off a cliff, but we didn't fall off the cliff. 
I mean, he's, he, we, we've come down mountains like this. Like, it's like you're looking straight down. But guess what? He got us down safely every single time. And sometimes, church, in life, you go through seasons, you know, with people. And who you go through seasons with will either cause you to trust more in the Father or, the, or they'll cause you to panic. The people around you can, can do one of two things. And it's important that we understand who is with us in journeys. It's important that we understand who's, who's walking with us because some people don't need to go to the season that God is taking you into. There's some people that you might have to leave behind because guess what? You know, those people could be the very voice that is causing you to not trust God. They could be the very reason that you're, you know, falling back into your faithlessness and falling back into your, you know, weariness and worry because, you know, you, that person all the time, they just have that one thing to say, oh, but you better get that checked out. You know, you better go to a doctor. You might want to get that checked out. Instead of speaking life and instead of speaking faith over your life and what God has said concerning you, but regardless of who remains in your life, the most important voice is the voice of God. Amen. You see, it would be the Father's voice and the voice of those Father's words ringing in the ears and the heart of Jesus that said, this is my son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. Those words took Jesus all the way through that 40-day season. All the way through the temptation and, and being, you know, tested by the enemy in the desert. Those words would ring in his heart and in his life even until his last breath upon the cross. The words that you listen to are very, very powerful, and when you obey God, that is an act of faith. Amen? Obedience is an act of faith. I believe the Lord is saying over your life that the Lord is proud of you, just like he said to Jesus. I believe that, you know, when a sinner repents, that is also an act of faith. They are turning to God whom they cannot see, but the scripture says that all of heaven rejoices. And the scripture teaches us to know and understand that any time you seek to draw near to God, it should remind you that without faith, it is impossible to please him. That means with faith, God is pleased. Amen. With faith, the Lord is pleased by your life. And it says that we must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Amen. And the question of the hour is, do you believe that the Lord exists currently in your season? Do you believe that God is existing right now in your season? Whatever it is that you are going through, do you believe that the Lord is with you? Because here's the deal. One of the greatest lies that the enemy spreads during a time of a desert season is that God has abandoned you. Where's God? You're in a desert. Where's God to be found? Deserts aren't comfortable, amen? We live in one. We live in one. I know it was hot on Sunday. I saw some of y'all like, we're trying. We're trying the best that we can. But we live in a desert, and guess what? It's never comfortable. But the beauty of the Lord is this, is that God can spring a well up in the middle of a desert and provide for your life, church. I could give you just a short testimony, but just a few months ago in the beginning of this year, you know, I won't go into great detail, but my wife and I were really challenged. Really challenged. And like I said in the beginning, the Lord reveals where we place our trust. You get worried and you say, oh man, I don't know how this is, I don't know how this is going to happen. 
I don't know how God's going to see me through. I don't know how God's going to provide. I don't know how God's going to do this. And it was crazy, but I had shared this testimony with you. She had an operation back in March, and guess what? They completely paid for it. No, you don't understand. I didn't have, I didn't have that. <laughs> I didn't have that. And the hospital said, your debt is paid. You owe nothing. But you don't want to know what? Amen. Give glory to God. But you want to know what? God has this way of just outdoing himself. A lot of times in my life. And I'm so humbled by it. Just this last like three or four weeks. The unexplainable has been happening. The Lord like opened this well up in, in our life that, that I know we prayed for it. You know, I don't want to say like, you know, it's just happening because it's happened. No, I've been obedient to the word. I've been sowing, the, you know, with, with my, my finances where God has told me to sow. I've been responsible. I've been, you know, stewarding things well. I've been doing all these things that the Lord has been telling me to do. And, and from that obedience, from that place of just honoring the word of God and honoring what God has said concerning my life, the Lord has just been pouring back into my life through people, through unexpected checks, I'm getting checks in the mail. I don't even know we're coming. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. I don't need to reveal that to your life, but I'm saying it as a testimony to the glory of God, church, that when we obey him and we take his word for his word, the Lord will provide. Amen. The Lord will do exceedingly more than we could ever ask or think of. And he takes us into those seasons. But guess what? It started off as a desert. I tell you what, six months ago, I was in a desert. And everything in me wanted to just get to rain. Just wanted me to get to abundance. Just wanted me to get to shade, you know. When you're in the hot desert, you just want to get to a place of comfort. You don't want to endure. You don't want to walk through it. You don't want to trust God. You don't want to like, you know, hang on and, and hold on to God. But here's the deal. The Lord has this beautiful way of leading us into seasons of life. And guess what? He is with you right here and right now. He has been with you this whole time. Do not be discouraged. Do not be dismayed. Do not worry in your heart because the Lord has been with you. Amen. And when you hear the lies of the enemy and the enemy speaks stuff against your life to try to discourage your heart, how many of you know that the way you tear down every lie from the enemy is the same way that Jesus did in Matthew 4 and 4 when he said, it is written. Every lie of the enemy will be destroyed with those words. It is written. When you know the word of God and you know the promises that God has said concerning your life, all you have to say is, devil, it is written concerning my life. And just because you may not hear the voice of God doesn't give you a reason to believe that he is not with you. Amen. It doesn't give you a reason to believe that he's not with you because it is written that God shall not leave you and God shall not forsake you. Amen? And sometimes you need to go back and check that text message that somebody said to you, you know, you know about your life or, or something that you might have forgotten what God has said. And you need to go back to the Holy Spirit, God-breathed love letter that is the word of God to know what the Lord has said concerning your life. 
But if you just choose to ignore what God has said, then you will forget his promises and you will fall into the traps of the enemy time and time again. Just because you could be going through a 40-day test like Elijah or Jesus doesn't mean that God's word over your life has changed. Hmm. Doesn't mean that the word of God over your life has changed. He is more than able to fulfill every promise. The test that God brings into our life will always reveal where our trust is. Psalms 56 and verse 3 said, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust and I am not afraid. He says, what can mere mortals do to me? You see, the Lord is looking for faith in this season of your life. Amen. He's looking for you to trust him at his word. And then the last thing I'll say is this, is that God builds by breaking down. God builds in our life by breaking down. Deuteronomy 8 and 3 says, He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. How many of you have ever been humbled by God? Raise your hand. (laughs) Amen. You've been humbled by God, right? You know, God shows us sometimes, you know, it's like we, we think, oh, well, I'm good, I'm mighty, I'm strong, I'm, I'm walking in the Lord. And sometimes the Lord's just like, really? See how strong you are. Let's see how, you know, stickler to the word you're going to be. Let me see. I want to see. But did you know, church, that God doesn't humble us to shame us? I'll say that one more time. God does not humble us to shame us, but rather to shape us. You see, when the Lord is is wanting us to just, you know, trust him from that place of, of purity, because sometimes we lose that trust. We lose that childlike faith because you have a title. You have a position. You've worked hard to get where you're at in life. And sometimes we put those things between us and God, and the Lord is still saying, will you trust me as a child? Will you be fully dependent on me? No matter how old you grow, no matter how old you get, no matter how wise you become, will you still place all of your trust in me? See, the distance and the difference between those two words, shame and shape, are two letters, N and O. When God gives you a no, it isn't to shame you, it's to shape you. Sometimes we think that God is just punishing us time after time. And why, God, why can't, how come this hasn't happened, Lord? How come this isn't the person, you know, how come, you know, and we have all these questions that we bring to God and We accuse him sometimes. And oftentimes the no of God is to shape us. How many of you know that the Lord knows a little bit more about our life than we do? And how many of you know that he knows what's best for our life even more than we do? You see, our wants and our desires in this world often will misguide us being led by our feelings and being led by our desires, being led by our flesh is, 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 a, is a bad way to get yourself lost. 
you know, you, you'll find yourself just, you know, completely, you know, destroyed, just your heart, you know, in, in pieces every time you follow the things that you want. But I'm always reminded of that scripture that it says, it says, uh, delight yourself in the Lord and he will grant you the desires of your heart. You see, we want the desire before we delight. And that place of delight means that he's our all in all. That we need no one else. We need nothing else. A big bank account's not going to satisfy that place in your heart. A person, a, a, a relationship, it's not going to satisfy the place in your heart that only King Jesus could satisfy. Desires are great and they're, they're, they're meant to be had, but never before we delight in him. We must stay in that place and we must understand that when God gives us a no, it's because he is wanting to shape our life in a better way that sees fit for his purpose and his kingdom regarding our calling and our life. Psalms 25 and verse 3 says, No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. But shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. You see, God isn't into shaming us, but rather into shaping us for his glory. And he desires that we learn to feed not from the things that this world hungers for, but rather from his word concerning our future. And so I don't know what season of life you're currently living in, but I know that God is faithful. Amen. I don't know what season of life you're currently experiencing, but the Lord will see you through. Amen. Jeremiah 17 and verse 7 says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord and whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. And it does not fear when the heat comes and its leaves are always green and it has no worries in a year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit. See, you could feel like you're in a drought season, like, you know, you're in a season where it hasn't rained in a while, and it seems as though the presence of God is far away, and the blessings of God are far away. Well, here's something that we must understand. There is a lesson to be learned from this season, and that is this. The reason that trees don't fear when drought happens is because of where they're planted. The reason that that tree is not worried about whether or not it rains is because of where they are planted. Why? It says that their roots stretch out to the stream by which they are planted. If you have planted yourself in God and you have said, Lord, I have made my home with you, Lord. I will not deviate from your word, Lord. It is you that I stand on, God. You are the rock in which I am building my life upon, Lord. You will always find water in a season of drought. You will always find a word of God. You will always find sustainability from God in a season of drought. If you know that you're planted in the Lord, then you have nothing to fear. You have absolutely nothing to fear. And it is a known fact, church, that during seasons of drought, that a plant will shoot their roots deeper in search for water. Can I tell you this tonight? This is what the Lord desires. That we stretch and that we press and that we dive deeper and further towards his living water. Deeper into his word. Even though it could seem like you're going through this spiritual famine, go deeper. Amen. 
Even though it seems like you could be experiencing this, this just drought of a season in your life, let your roots go deeper in the Lord. Don't stay still. Don't be, you know, just, you know, constantly where you, where you sit there and you just do nothing and you say, well, you know what? I don't even know what God has planned for my life. And you get weary and you get, you know, frustrated with God. No, let your roots grow deeper in the Lord. Revelation 7 and 17 says, For the Lamb at the center of the throne is your shepherd, and he will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Join us next time for another uplifting message. If you'd like to support this ministry and the reaching out of others, you have the opportunity to give at rockofagesaog.org.